Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. I, I, I kind of like to just slip in in the middle of the worship, you know, because for me, that's my secret place. I, I, my desire is to be in God's face and God's secret place because that's where I'm changed. And I know that that's where you changed and that's where others will be transformed as well. So we can't hesitate on getting before the throne of God. And that was one of the last points that Pastor Dwayne brought out even last week in his message. He said, as a game changer, he said, you must make sure that you go before the face of God. And you know what? That's true. Because if we don't get before God, we can't change anything. Because you know what? We'll try and change some things. And you know what? It might look good for a time, but it's only temporary. That change is only temporary. It's not eternal. But God brings eternal changes that we desire to see. Because we can't even change ourselves. Amen? So today we're going to talk about not just being a game changer, but how can God teach us how to even go deeper in our service to him? And that's really what we're going to talk about today. Improving our serve. Tell somebody today is your day for a miracle. All right now. If you open your Bibles with me to John 12, we're going to actually read a little story. And um, then we're going to talk about it and how God used this story to communicate to even me in terms of how I can improve in my service. We all have areas in which we can improve in, and mine is service. I don't know about you, but I know that God spoke to me in reference to service. And I say, yes, Lord. So let's turn there. Here begins the reading of God's word. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, We would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And I'm going to stop there. That was verses 20 to 28. Okay, the beginning of 28. Improving our service. 
Today, I really want to focus on this one key scripture today, and that's verse 24, which says, Verily, verily, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. One of the things that we recognize throughout John chapter 12 is that in the beginning, you actually see Christ sitting at a table, and he's sitting with two women. And one of these women actually get up and she begins to anoint him with oil. And then you see his disciples that are there as well. And they begin to say, actually Judas begins to say, one of them, not all of them, one of them begins to say, are you crazy? What are you doing? We can sell this oil. And so she ignores him. And Christ basically tells him, leave her alone. She's preparing me for what is to come. Then as we keep reading in John chapter 12, we actually recognize that Jesus, Lazarus was raised from the dead, and Jesus was riding through a festival. And people heard that he was coming through, and they began to shout, Hosanna! Hosanna! As he rides through, on the donkey. And so the world now begins to draw to Jesus because they've seen a miracle happen. Lazarus came back to life. Who is this guy who's doing all these miracles? Who could he be? Then they get to the place where they say, we need to see Jesus. And that's where we began reading from. But the word of God, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground, this kernel of wheat was actually being used to represent Christ's death. This kernel of wheat was not just used to describe his death, but also to recognize how valuable Christ is. His life is valuable, just like wheat is valuable. I don't know if you've ever taken a look at at wheat But basically, this particular plant, every part of it is used for something. It's not put to waste. So the grain itself is used for flour. The flour that we use today, that's what it's used for. The shaft is also used sometimes to feed animals and so forth. The stem, the same thing. Nothing on that wheat grain goes to waste. But there's one thing that we recognize. It says, unless a wheat falls to the ground and dies. That means that the grain of wheat actually had to come to maturity. It had to get to a place in in its growth that now it was kind of like, all right, now we're ripe. We're ready to be harvested. And so the thing about it is that the other thing that can also call wheat to fall to the ground, obviously, is other elements such as cold weather. When the winter comes... Wheat falls to the ground. And so like wheat, we ourselves, Christ is speaking to us as well. And he says, unless you come to a mature place where you begin to recognize that there are going to be purposeful sacrifices that you must make, then you keep everything that I've given to you to yourself. And you begin to hoard it. And so Christ has not called us to be hoarders, but he's called us to 
reproduce more fruit. He said, be fruitful and multiply. He said, he wants us to go forth and make disciples. But if we keep everything to ourselves, if we don't die to our own wills by accepting his will, then we'll become like that single seed that falls. So the key ingredient to improving our service is having purposeful or making purposeful sacrifices. Purposeful sacrifices actually speaks to the whole idea of not, not necessarily us not taking care of ourselves. Not taking care of, we're not talking about not taking care or neglecting your responsibility of taking care of your family. That's not what I'm talking about. But we're talking about when God asks you to give up something, to share something that you personally say, I've worked for this. I've earned this. This is my child. This is my money. This is my house. These are my resources. Are you willing to give it up when he asks for it? Purposeful sacrifices. Sometimes we, we look at this scripture and we see the word die, but we really don't understand what it means. And dying is a troubling thing. I don't know if you've ever, I think all of us have at one point or the other have been faced with some kind of death, whether it's death in a family, death of a spouse, death of a friend. And dying can be very cruel. It can be something that just makes you shrink away. And so here in this passage, we hear Christ struggling. The words that let us know that he's struggling, he says, I'm troubled. In verse 27. And so when Christ says that he's troubled, he's troubled over the whole idea that now I have to give up this body. But he recognizes that there's a greater purpose. That's at stake. It's not just about me giving up this body, but it's about me also reproducing life. See, when that kernel of wheat falls to the ground, if it does not die, then it will be destroyed regardless. So here, Christ says, you know what? It's not about this body anyway. As a matter of fact, I came to this moment in time by purpose. It was designed that way. It had to happen this way. Sometimes we get frustrated with God and we say, God, why now? Why me? Why this? But God says, this has to happen if you want to get to the next place in me. If you want to get to know me more deeper, this has to happen. And so Christ is here. And a lot of times, we 
would say, God, not now. See, Christ was at, at his highest. He, he was at his zenith in his journey. He was having his donkey experience. That's what I call it. He was being praised. People were looking at him in wonder. It was amazing what he was doing. And it was easy for him to get stuck right there. Some of us get stuck when everything is going well. Because we want to stay on the mountaintop. We want to hold on to those experiences. Lord, let's pause this right here. You know what I mean? Hit pause on my life, Lord. This is beautiful. But then God says, get ready. Because here comes the crucifixion. See, God wants to know what we're really about. What's really in our hearts. And so we see even in another story in the Bible with a rich young man who came to him. And he said, what, 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 what can I do to gain eternal life? What, tell me, what can I do? And I could just see him coming with, with such energy and such vigor and, and such excitement. What, what can I do, God? I'm ready. And Christ turns around and he says to him, honor thy mother and thy father. He said, I got that. And he says, okay. And he says, well, don't commit adultery. I got that. See, 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 I got it. I'm ready. I'm I'm really ready, Lord. But then as Christ goes on, He says, there's one thing I want you to do. Go and sell everything. And he said, what? (laughs) All right, hold on now. We're getting this all mixed up. (laughs) You know, I'm a businessman. God says, give your possessions to the poor. And at that point, that's when he realized, I don't got that. I don't have the courage to do that. I'm not ready to die in that area. He was holding on to something temporal. And instead of looking at the big picture, he got stuck on, I have to give up a hundred million dollars. Empty my bank account? Do you know how hard I worked for this? Do you know how long it took for me to get here, God? I had six years of schooling. And now you, you, you're telling me going to a different profession? Are you crazy? Or you just lost your mind? I'm just saying, God. Give up all that you've got 
so you can gain all that I have for you. And at that moment, because his eyes were on what he had to give up rather than what he was going to gain, he walked away disappointed. And some of us are at our crucifixion stages where God is asking us to give up what you've got. Share what you have with somebody else. And we're getting stuck because we're looking at what we have to give up rather than what we're going to gain from God. Look again. Look again. I'll tell you a story. About two to three summers ago, my husband and I, we, you know, we, we were, um, I think we were down in Atlanta, either Atlanta or Florida, I don't even remember, but I do know the situation that we were in. We were at, um, I think it was, anyway, I, uh, so we went to uh, Olive Garden, and we were going out for dinner, and so we went out to the Olive Garden, you know, you're like, oh, this is going to be great, it's going to be a wonderful dinner, and get to talk, and get to have a nice romantic time, and it's going to be wonderful. And, you know, you, you're dressed to impress, and, you know, you have a cute little dress on, and he's ready, and, you know, you step out the car, and you're tipping there, and you get inside, and you sit, and the waiter comes, and you're like, what in the world? Okay. Look like they're having a bad day today. Something's going on. Okay. And that's just the beginning of it. I said, why do we have to sit here? You know, why can't we sit over there? You know, that way to look a little friendlier. <laughs> but it was in God's plan. A few minutes later, they bought the bread. Honey, there's a fly in the bread. He's like, what? I said, there's a fly in the bread. He said, "Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll signal the waiter. Now, by the way, the waiter was taking forever to get our orders in. We didn't know what was going on. So by the time the waiter came over, we're like, sir, um, or was it a female? Was it a female? We had, we had female, right? It's a girl. Yes. A young lady. And, I, and you know, we were like, um, there's a fly in the bread, kid. You know? Can you see your manager? You know, um, so her manager came over, and, and we were like, look. And I opened up the tissue, and he saw it. He was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, I said, uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, just, whatever you do, just take it. You know, just, whatever you do, just take it. And the amazing thing about that is that we could have gotten stuck on the fly landing in the bread and walked out. But in our prayer, I remember either that morning, we were like, Lord, you know, it would be nice to have a free meal. But we decided to stay. And do you know that at the end of the bill, They said, don't worry, it's on the house. As a matter of fact, we'll give you free dessert. What would you like? 
And so sometimes, again, we get stuck on what's going wrong rather than what God is cooking up for us that he's going to make right. You understand? And so we have to realize that whatever troubled time that you're facing right now, that God is in the middle of cooking something up. It's your miracle moment. That's what I call it. When trouble starts, it's, it's, you know what? It's time for, this, this is the moment. This is the God moment. It's a moment that God will be able to get the glory. But we have to transition our thinking. We have to stop thinking, okay, wait a minute now. Uh-uh, it's not adding up. It's not the way I wanted it to be. But Lord, how and when and where and huh, 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 huh. We just need to calm down. Peace. Be still. In our hearts, it's like we're in a storm that's tossing. But we have to remember who's in the boat with us. Oh, ye of little faith. Remember who's in the boat with you today. Christ is right there. And he's just waiting for you to recognize that this trouble is really a miracle time. This is a moment for God to perform a miracle. Something that really and honestly would have been impossible. Nicky Cruz getting saved was a miracle. That man had hate going straight through his body. The core of his being was hatred. The sight of a preacher man upset at him. There's a miracle that's waiting. And it's not just you. But it's for your family, it's for your friends, it's for your neighbor, it's for those who are around you who's looking, even your enemy. But we have to come to that place that Christ came to where he said, Lord, This is not for my sake, but it's so that you can be glorified. I might as well just forget my notes right now. So that you can be glorified. And I'm telling you, when we do that, we give God free reign to do a whole lot in our lives. He would take your, your, your joblessness, he would take your childlessness, he would take your, your, your marriage that's broken, he would take whatever it is and turn it around and look in the enemy's face and say, ha, now what? But we have to make sure we have the right attitude and the right perspective on things. Don't just stay at, I'm troubled. Switch gears and move into that place where you say, but for this reason, I came to this place. Because guess what? You've been prepared for it. God has put on the inside of you everything that you need to survive this. 
Whatever it is that you're facing, it's on the inside of you. The strength is inside of you. Because God has put it there. The wheat has everything that it takes to survive. The only thing it has to do is put one shoot up for the sun and put its roots down so it's planted. And that's exactly what we have to do. Put our shoot up, focus on God, focus on Christ, and put our roots down and say, Lord, because your word said so. And hold fast and watch God bring the growth in your life. But we have to dare to believe him. We have to dare to understand that he has our best at heart, our best in mind. There's no other reason why he'll allow us to come to this place at this hour. But we have to make sure that we understand what we're looking at. If we just look at it in our natural eyes, we'll complain and we'll miss the opportunity. We'll miss the opportunity for God to perform a miracle in our lives. But if we look at it and realize that it's God at work, and he's going to take that very thing that the enemy said, oh, you know what? I'm going to amputate your legs from under you. That God's going to take that and he's going to use it and make you a witness to somebody else. So they can look at you and draw strength from you because they realize if you can make it through this and you ended up on the other side, then I can make it through too. And you didn't give up on God? Then why should I? After all, God didn't give up on you. So don't give up on him. The second thing that I thought was so phenomenal about this is that we have to make sure that in the relationships that God gives to us, that we look for opportunities to bless others. See, the rich young man, he missed his opportunity to be a blessing to those who were in need. And you know the thing about it is that, you know, the Bible says, give and he'll come back to you, press down, shaking together and running over. It's true. And he missed his blessing. So many times, you know, we, we, we find ourselves, the reason why I cry so much when people get back to me is because, to be honest with you, all I want to do is just do what God tells me to do and move. I don't, I don't look to the side and be like, oh, is so-and-so doing it too? I don't care what you're doing. If God tells me to do it, I want to do it and I want to move. I don't want to get in God's way. I get upset when I get in God's way and find out that I got in his way. Because I realize that I block what he wants to do in and through me. So we want to make sure that we align ourselves in such a way that God will give us an opportunity to bless others. And let me tell you, I remember my, my husband, uh, he went to Oregon a few years ago. And they were actually on a missions trip, okay, to Oregon. And um, the, the amazing thing was, you know, everybody got dressed, everybody went to service. And, you know, usually a service, you know, you get hyped and you get pumped. Like, yeah, you know, we're going to witness for Christ. And woo, great. 
outreach. And that night, the Lord had laid it upon their hearts to invite a specific speaker. And she was an affluent woman. And as she was standing there, she told the people of God who were in the congregation, the Lord laid it upon my heart to empty my bank account. And there's some of you who have some debt here. And I, I want to sow into your life and help you to get rid of that debt. Mind you, my husband came to minister. He didn't come for nobody to give him nothing. Okay? He just wanted to do what God said and move. That was it. He said, well, you know, I, I, I do have a bill, like a phone bill or something, but like, I'm not in need like everybody else. You know what I mean? Not like I'm going to be evicted tomorrow or, you know, so he was sitting there like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, thanks. I'm, I'm good. And the sister next to him said, you need to go up. That's the need. You can't pay the bill. You're a college student. You need to go up. And so he went up and there was an elder that they had there, you know, just in case anybody tried to behoove the woman of God, you know. And, uh, you know, he basically asked him his need. He said, look, you know, I have a bill for about $200. And, um, you know, that was pretty much it. Or, and um, he went up to the, to the young woman. And he stood in front of her. And she said, here you go. This is for the bill. And she turned around. And she looked at him and started throwing money at him. And this is for your trouble. And this is for your trouble. And this is for your trouble. Now, let me tell you something. (laughs) If God could start giving us dollar bills for our trouble, hundred dollar bills at that, Pastor, for our trouble, I think we'll be running around the sanctuary. Because this place will be filled. Because of the troubles we faced. You know what I'm saying? But the amazing thing is, he didn't expect God to give back to him in such a way. But that's what he needed. This woman was in a financial place where she had excess. And God tapped into her resources and said, look, see that person over there? They need what you got. Give it. And so the unused resources or the extra resources she had was God used it to bless another believer. And God would use your resources to bless somebody else. She probably could have been a blessing in a whole other way. She could have bought a boat. She could have, whatever. But God laid it upon her heart to give funds, monetary funds, so that the people of God could get out of debt. Because debt could strangle us. It could destroy us. And so that was the way God used her. But for you, you know what? Maybe you're like Peter. And you say, you know, there's, there's someone who is in need that you see from time to time. And they're asking for money, but you, you don't got it. That's just the truth. Sometimes we don't have it. 
But don't think that what you have is only financial. You have a lot spiritually to offer. And sometimes you may have to stand and say, silver and gold. I ain't got no cash today, brother. Have I none? But such as I have, I give unto thee. I've got some time if you need me to listen. I've got prayers that I can pray for you. Because I have a God who hears and knows. Who heals and delivers and sets free. So silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, what do you have today? But such as I have, I give unto thee. And so at that point he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And they didn't just say it. They pulled the man up by faith so that he can walk. Who can we pull up today? Sometimes we go into relationships expecting, well, let me see, what do they have to offer me? But go into relationships saying, what can I offer them? What can I offer them? We need to be a caring community. What can I offer you? No, I, people are tired because you know what? So many people already came after what they had. So they, they, they glow. They start glowing when, when you say, how can I help you? Because some of them are not used to hearing that. Or some of them are used to being on the giving end. That when it's time to receive, they don't even know how. And that's the truth. Because I know what that's like. I don't like being in need. I'm going to tell y'all. I don't. That's just me. But God has humbled me in such a way where he said, don't you dare cause somebody else to miss out on their blessing. Because you decided you don't want to take it. If they're giving it, you, you, and you're praying, Lord, I, you know, I thank you for this, but Lord, you know what we're facing, and Lord, you know. And they're coming to give it to you, and you're saying you don't want it. Because that's what we do don't make no sense. I'm serious. Watch what you pray. Because God's going to give it to you. And how he decides to give it to you is his business. If you ask for help, don't tell them how to help you. You better open your arms and say, okay, Lord. All right, I got, I got it. Okay, all right. Okay. You take it. So today, find, find the opportunities. When God puts you in relationships, find an opportunity to bless the people around you. Sometimes it's baking a cake. It ain't nothing big. It's just to let them know that you care. And yes, we want to bring Christ. We want to bring Christ. But I'm going to challenge you to invest in a life. Don't just bring him Christ and leave him. You know, it's kind of like, all right, you dropped the baby off at the babysitter. We brought him to church, Lord. Pastor said, invite. You see my guest right here. And then we leave them. But what happened to loving them? What happened to follow up with them? 
having to find out what's going on with them throughout the week. That's important too. Sometimes they might just want to go catch a movie with you. They may not want to come to church that Sunday. Because you know what? They just lost their brother. They just lost their job. They really don't want to hear nothing right now from the church. They just want to be. And they just want to know if you want to hang. It's real. And sometimes the truth of the matter is we have to come out of our own boxes. Sometimes we can get stuck in our world that we think that everybody else's world is like ours. We could think that it's well with them because it's well with us. And it's not. And you won't know until you really start talking. And when you really start talking, you really recognize, whoa, yeah. I think I could give a good love there. I have some love to offer. You know what? As a matter of fact, I have some tears to offer too. I cry with you. I go through it with you. Because that's what you need right now. You're my sister. And I love you. Okay, I understand that you, you may not have it right with God right now, but you know, I'm believing that God's going to bring you to the foot of the cross. But I'm going to love you till you get there, and I'm going to love you after you get there. That's relationship. A caring community. So after you already made, when, when, when God brings you to that place where you make purposeful sacrifices. Don't neglect the opportunity to offer whatever resources you have to those who are around you. And last but not least, and I tell you, this one was a doozy for me. Desire for them to succeed. You want to improve your service? Desire for somebody else, the person next to you, to succeed. Tell, tell the person next to you, I want you to succeed. I want you to have more money than me. Don't lie. Be genuine, y'all. <laughs> did, you, did you see that green thing light up in the eyes, Pastor? <laughs> Let me tell you something. You've got to value those who are around you. And the thing about it is that you have to desire for them to succeed. And sometimes that means that they may surpass you. It's real. Sometimes it means that they'll get their blessing that they've been praying for, but yet it becomes your thorn in your side. But yet you decide that you're going to rejoice with them because that's my sister or that's my brother. You may get your dream job. You may land the husband that you want and I may still be waiting. I 
see you reproducing and multiplying like fruit on trees. Now, I've been praying for five years and ain't seen one. But I got to rejoice always. And not rejoice, but then deep inside be troubled. But rejoice and say, for this sake, I've come to this moment. to reality and say God not my will but thine will be done and you keep praying for them and you keep pushing them push them forward up towards the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus you keep you know what you ain't you ain't never heard her CD before listen you need to listen you ain't never seen his artwork before you need to see it. Because guess what? That's when the blessing comes. When you rejoice with somebody else, your blessing comes. When you worship God in spite of the trouble that you eyes may see, the blessing comes. Because you see God working in you and in the situation. And you know greater works shall ye do. That's what Christ said. Greater works shall ye do. Why? Because you did to believe God. Because you did to stand for God. Because you did to believe the truth. And so as a result... In the sacrifice, you gain your healing. In your sacrificing, God gives you the strength to endure. And in taking the opportunities, it makes you a better person. Builds your character. Because you know what? It's in the troubled times that people get hung up and tripped up. That's when they start taking drugs. That's when they won't get off the couch because they've lost a son or daughter. That's when they say, you know what? There's no return from our relationship. It's dead. It's gone. But God says, you trust in me for resurrection or you're going to try and revive that on your own. Or walk away from it. But I got Because I know the plans that I have for you, said the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Today as you go, I don't know about you, but I'm looking for God to improve my service. And if, if you have the desire as well, if you say, Lord, there's some areas that my service can be improved. Please stand with me. Because I'm standing already. This message came at me first. And I ain't going to be shy about it. Sometimes I want to run away from the death experience. I don't want to be like that, that, that kernel sometimes that falls to the ground and dies. 
How it got to die, Lord. I remember I had a dream, and uh, <laughs> in the dream, you know, people were cutting off their limbs. And my husband was, at the time, he was like, go ahead. I said, you go first. <laughs> Dying to yourself is not an easy thing, but it's a beneficial thing. And today we're going to pray that God will improve our service. Because I believe that when God improves our service, our branches grow longer. Because he begins to prune us. Our roots go deeper. Because we really got to hook in and lock in to God. And hear what he's saying. So let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We bless you, God. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord, we thank you today, Lord Jesus, that these are individuals who don't want to hoard. We want to give away, Lord God, the extra resources we've got. We don't want to keep it to ourselves. The extra breath we have, Lord, we want to take it praying for somebody else. The extra strength that we have, we want to use it to help somebody else. We don't want to keep it to ourselves, God. We did that too long. And we wasted time. And we wasted energy. And we wasted our own resources. And so, Lord, today, Lord God, we bring our hearts to you. Help us, O oh God, to lay down our wills, O oh God. In those moments, Lord, when we want to just run. When we want to do things our own way, God. When we want things to work out the way we want them to work out, God. Take our wills, God. And replace it with yours. Let's do an exchange today, God. We do an exchange today, God. We tried it our way. It didn't work. So today, God, we're going to try it your way. We're going to rejoice with our sisters and our brothers, God, when they begin to succeed. We're going to pray, Lord God, that they will go above and beyond where we've been. Genuinely. Not with resentment, not with jealousy, God. Not viciously, God. But deep down, saying, Lord, not our wills. But thy will be done in their lives. So heal us where we hurt. You know what's troubling us today. But Father, these troubles are just opportunities for a miracle to happen. They're miracle moments, God moments, where you say, now I want to be glorified. And so we say, Father, be glorified in these moments. 
so that your will and that your plans would be accomplished in our lives. So we thank you. Help us to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God, we pray. Amen.